right, I'm going to go ahead and get started. My name is Stacy Baxter, and I'm the principal of a school, Denton Calvary Academy. It's north of Dallas, about, what, 30 miles, something like that. Cheryl Crouch is a teacher and a parent at our school, and I've had her precious children in my class. I was a teacher for um, several years at Calvary before they came to me and asked me to pray about a position in administration. And I would love to tell you that I just ran to that and just <laughs> embraced God's call on my life, but I <laughs> did not. And I spent several months in prayer and um, several, um, it was much like that movie, um, it was not the one where it was the ark. It was a, it was a modern day kind of Moses building the ark. Uh, it was so funny, and he was um, going through town, and all these animals were following him. And he was like, go away. Why are they following me? I don't understand. And that's what God did. I was at school and, and you know, praying about it. So not a lot of people knew, as in the board, that I was considering this and that God was working on me. And parents were coming <laughs> with, with issues and things and problems that I needed to solve and do. And I thought, why are they following me? They don't know. Go away. Go away. It has been a huge blessing on my life, and I've learned so much. It's a very sanctifying, um, leadership is very sanctifying, and I'm really thankful for that. But part of the blessing, my favorite part of my job is elementary chapel. So when Barbara sent the email and said, could anybody uh, offer to teach or present, I thought, this is what I love, so I'm going to share what I love. And I wasn't sure I would have anyone, and here there are five of you. And I'm grateful for every one of you, and I hope that it's something that the Lord had for you to, to hear. But I was sitting in our worship service this morning, and I was feeling like this is my favorite part of our whole week here at NOMS. Because um, when I'm in worship, I'm very distracted because of the joy of being in the fellowship of others. That is, in my, at my church, that's my favorite thing, is to look at men singing and older people singing and little ones singing and, and being a part of God's people is one of my favorite things. And so standing in that um, room and seeing administrators that I've been in workshops with and teachers and we're all united in our worship of God was, for me, just the best part of the conference. Um, and there's lots of wonderful things about our conference. And that is how we start our day at our school. And I'm thankful that our elementary chapel is first thing. Come on in. First thing in the morning. Because I enjoy watching the teachers and the moms and dads. I do have a lot of dads that come, being that it's first hour at our school. They drop off and can stay a little bit. I think that having it that first hour allows for more to attend on the home level. I've had grandparents. It's just been a huge blessing. And then seeing our students and all of us together um, saying scripture and worshiping and all that, then we, from there, we go on and have our day. And I feel it's much like what we just had in there. So one of the things I wanted to let you know this morning is that I think there is a true benefit to having chapel at the beginning of the day. We're not able to do that in high school. It doesn't fall at the beginning of the day in our middle school or high school. We have kindergarten through uh, 12th grade at my school, and there are about 214 students um, at Denton Calvary Academy. And middle school and high school chapel is not the very first thing. And I've, I've noticed and I've observed some teenagers, because I'm elementary, so I'm new to the teenage world, and they were giants in the land to me. They're not real alert at 8.15 in the morning. So 
Um, I guess that later, a little bit later hour for them is good. But what I like about the elementary is that my parents attend. And it's not mandatory they come to chapel, um, but it is a, a sweet time, and a lot of them do come. Um, I wanted to mention this morning as a principal, now that I'm interviewing new families who are um, wanting to come to Calvary, I have noticed something. I often hear from the families that having their child in chapel is one of the reasons they want to come to our school. They mention chapel often, even in high school. And I've had students who are applying to come to Calvary mention the same thing. I'd like to be able to go to a school where I can go to chapel. That's been surprising to me. So it is something that is in the community talked about that Calvary, you know, does this because they often come in the interview and mention that they're excited about having chapel. Um, what I what I am blessed to do is just I know I know what is happening in the lives of our families because of the position I'm in. I get the phone calls and the emails and the people parents who come in and they share their lives with me and. Because this is the way it is on planet Earth until we go to heaven, there's trials. And so I know when there's a dad that has lost a job and who's been out of job for X amount of months. I know the medical needs. I know, I know the struggles that are going on in the family. And part of what I try to uh, do in, my, in addition to praying for the families is I know the areas that I need to touch on in my chapel that's not just going to minister to the students, but it's going to help them too. I look at it as a really as a privilege to encourage families that I know are hurting, and and, and there have been more than one time that I've had an adult come to me and say, "Listen, I was in chapel today, and what you said was what I, God had for me to hear, and I was real encouraged, or I needed to hear that." And I I've, I've seen him God move in, in chapel and the adults in the room because it isn't just about my kiddos because I'll see them touched with emotion. And I know that God has used the 20 minutes for his glory. And we just had just that short amount of time. So uh, I want to share with you today a um, curriculum that I have found that is truly my favorite. It's a curriculum that I have been using to teach Sunday school and now chapel for over a decade. And, and I'll tell you how I found it. And I want to share that with you. But it's also an opportunity for me to not just encourage my parents, but also to refine and to instruct, because this is, a, I have a voice, and, I, and I, I don't mean this way it's going to sound as a captive audience, but it truly is one, a time when my family, we call them what, stakeholders at NOMS, right, are all in one room. And so I can speak to the vision and mission of our school. I can say, uh, lifelong learner, these are just some words in our vision and mission, and glorifying Christ with your life, and strong work ethic, and strengthening families, and all of the things that we're about and, you know, the next generation for Christ and all of the things that we're about at NOMS, I can, I can speak to that into my chapel teaching and I can do that in a way that refines us. And I also use the time to address the issues I know the children have. And I know it because I'm a mom of a UMS. <laughs> I have two daughters that have been in UMS since the very beginning, first grade. And so I know what the issues are at that table because I have sat there. And, you know, I know where my, for me, being a UMS mom was a lot like training a horse, but I was the horse. I mean, I was the one who needed training. I thought I was organized. No. I thought I was a teacher and I could do this with my own children. No. 
And, and so it was very difficult. It made me very dependent on the Lord. But I also know when those moms are hurting. I know when they're weary. I know what's going on. I know that it's ideal, idyllic on paper. But when you sit at the table and all the sin and all the, you know, pushing and, and giving and taking, it, it doesn't always look pretty. So I have that opportunity to say to the students at that time, doing, during chapel teaching, how, how are you responding at home? How, how is your attitude when you come to the table? Do you, do you look at this as a privilege? Are you, how's your gratitude? Where are you at with all of that? And so I have little guys, kindergarten, and then I have had this year all the way up to sixth grade. We've now moved our sixth grade up into middle school, so I have K through five. The, um, the idea is that I can help them to see and to think and evaluate themselves during chapel. And what, it, what is it like in the model? Not just in the classroom, but what is it like at home? Uh, and what is it like in their lives when nobody's looking? Those kind of things. None of us like that. It's very convicting. So it is a time that I use to touch on things in our school's vision and mission, encourage parents. Um, our pastor said, and I had not heard about the 14 to 1 ratio. Have you heard about the 14 to 1 ratio? 14 encouragements to every one criticism. 14 encouragements to one criticism or correction. And I was very convicted by that. It might be somewhat flipped in my life, but now that I'm aware of that, I'm really choosing, I call them life-giving words. Um, I use myself as examples in chapel because it's true of me. (laughs) I'm not just trying to be humble. (laughs) It just really is me. And I um, use my life, my failures, as an example to encourage moms that I have been there and failed and that I can learn from that and teach others from my mistakes. And I tell the students, never be afraid of your failures. Those are your best teachers. And God is an amazing, compassionate, merciful God who does not give up on any of us. No matter how many times I have been that same lesson with the Lord, here we go again, and he's gracious. And so that's what I want to I want to do to you know with the students. And it's it's easier to do um, as a principal or a teacher than it is as a mom because I'm not emotionally attached to those students in my classroom. But at home, it's it's a whole other level of commitment to the Lord in this. So I want to take that time to be encouraging. I also want it to be instructional for the students, so I will often assign my younger kindergartners with my oldest class, which this year will be fifth grade. So how that looked is I had them the first day of school, paired them up with a buddy, and said, please come over and sit and make sure they have a hymnal, and I'll get to that in a moment because we use hymnals, and I say, let's pair them up and so that they're a role model. And do you know what happened? I was shocked by this. My kindergartners were the role model. That is what happened last year. And I saw it before my very eyes and was amazed. I was also a little frightened by that. Because what happened was that the kindergartners, um, the worship of this little, one little girl in particular, her face comes to my mind sometimes when I'm worshiping because she was sold out for God in worship and unaware of anything going on around her. And, and it was a very beautiful, pure thing. But my sixth grader was all worried about, the, what, that's at that age where you're, what, am I okay? Am I, am I like everybody else? What are people? And it's all about them. And so I, what I saw is this, just this sweet purity 
um, apart. And then, unfortunately, this didn't transfer over to sixth grade. So um, often my uh, volunteers in chapel to answer questions, and, and I'll get to that with you in a minute because it's, it's a way that I teach, were my youngest students. Their hands were going up, and they weren't. their answers weren't like a fire truck. I mean, they were on, on task. Sometimes young kids will their hands up and they don't have an answer. They just want to raise their hand. But they were really with me. And I was very humbled by that, that the younger, and you know that verse in the Bible that talks about being like children in our faith. That's what I saw. And so it was just it was just a beautiful thing. But I did pair up my older with my younger, hoping to bring some leaders out of there. Um, we do have a part of our chapel that opens with the pledge in elementary school, and being a true Texan, we say the Texas Pledge as well, and um, and I'm afraid and embarrassed to tell you that our Texas flag is just a little bit bigger than our American flag, which is a no-no, but when we ordered it, we didn't measure. Now we're supposed to have a flag bigger than the American flag. Ours is just a little bit bigger. Uh, we do start with the pledge, and I have the students do that. I have them, and I start, you know, in the older and move down the younger so that everybody has an opportunity to hold the flag and say the pledge, and they really like that. Um, and that kind of starts our chapel. Yes, ma'am. We do say that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. They added it a few years recently? Well, that's kind of the flip side of what we've been seeing where they're taking God out of things. Interesting. They do that. Okay. Thank you for that. We uh, have hymns, and, and we sing some traditional hymns. I try to choose a hymn that has some teaching, of, you know, that follows what I'm covering in chapel. Um, there was a previous a principal at our school that was just a delight, and she had a real heart for the hymns. And her reasoning for using the traditional hymns is the vocabulary that is in there. She said it's so rich in, in vocabulary and in words, and I will often take one or two of the um, verses in the hymn and teach on it and try to help them understand what it is they're singing about rather than just rote. And so I try to pick the hymn that matches the teaching, but then I also teach to the song and use some of the words that they're singing. And there have been a time or two that after we have sang a song, I have felt like maybe we were still moving about, we weren't quite settled, and and all that, and we sang a second time. This year, I think I will try to put some more contemporary songs mixed in um, throughout. I think I will do some of that and um, see how that goes and and all that. And That's something that they have requested. But the the hymns are rich in, to me, uh, personally, it's just just me personally, the the teaching. Um, Also, every verse is different in a hymn, and I sometimes, with the repetition of a contemporary song, my mind will wander a little bit because I've I've said the same thing, and in a hymn, I'm more, I think, focused on the words because they're all different, and they're so rich, and they're teaching, and um, I just, that's just me personally. So, but next year, I think I'll try to add some more contemporary music in there. Um, so, they, those that can't read, you know, all of that, that can be a little tricky. So, we try to stick with one hymn for a good length of time so that we really learn it, and the, the sweet part about that is, I'll be walking down the halls, and I'll hear the younger singing the hymn at 3 o'clock. You know, they're still singing from 8 to 15, and so it's staying in their mind, and I like that. That's a good thing. So, and we have some hymns, uh, hymnals that were donated to the school. 
and they're just really precious to me. So um, we do have a piano player. One of our teachers plays the piano. Now, we've done it a cappella um, when we didn't have a piano player, but we've just been really blessed for the last probably three or four years to have someone play. So we do have a piano player. Yeah, that helps a lot. And it also helps that my vice principal is a worship leader at her church because she sings at her because I love music. Probably more than anything other than the Word of God. I love, but I am not, um, you know, gifted in music. So she leads the, so I hand over the microphone and she leads the music. And so, not, well, in, in high school we have, but not in, in elementary, but we certainly could. And I have two teachers here. Dustin McCarty's in the back and he leads some high school worship. And he's got a session. Are you after this one, your session? After that. Um, so in high school, we have done that. So I would like to do more of that. That would be wonderful. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about the curriculum that I love so much. I heard about it um, many, many years ago, over a decade ago, of a lady at our church that was just um, a leader of training families. And she taught a class called Positive Parenting. Y'all know Deanna Campbell? She's the one who brought the curriculum to our church and taught the Sunday school teachers, and at that time I didn't even have children, so that was over 13 years ago. And um, Positive Parenting was the name of the class, and I was a teacher at the time in public school, and I thought, well, I'm certainly going to pick up some skills that I can use there. And as a Sunday school teacher, she recommended this curriculum. What I like about it is that they they say that it's a God-centered curriculum. And, And what they mean by that, just one simple example, if you were to choose to buy the curriculum, there's a whole CD about this. But one practical example I can give you is when they're speaking on the life of Moses and you know, his sister saves him out of, of the river. It isn't that, she, that his sister was, a, you know, saved him and that she was serving him and, and all that. It was that God had a purpose for the life of Moses and he chose to use his sister to save him because he had a work for him to do. And so it's always putting God at the center of everything. It's not about being a good sibling or being, a, you know, good moral life, right? It's about that, see, God had a job for Moses, and Miriam got to be a part of that. And, that. and that's why I like this curriculum so much. It is also because the curriculum is heavy and meaty, and it's purposeful, but it's not about arts and crafts. So we're not going to make a um, foam uh, cut out of a nativity to send home, but um, what is there is solid meat and full of scripture. And I chose to use a curriculum because of time. You know, I, I do have quite a bit of responsibility in my new position, and I just didn't want to have to put everything together. You know, when it when I have something, I have a resource that is that good. What I will do at this time is I will pass out. I wanted you to see. Um, there's two pieces of paper, and I have more for you. This would be a paper that I would send home to parents. This year I'm going to use this resource. It's actually something that you can send home or email so that the parents who are not able to attend chapel can then take it and extend it at home. And one of my goals for chapel this year was to really extend the home and the school. I want to, to just bridge all of that. And so if they're able to take this at home then on their home days and go further into a family devotional and look at scriptures, then it reinforces what they're learning, but it also ties school and home together. So I'll pass these out. I'll let y'all 
be down. If you can just take one and pass it down. We have about 15, 20 minutes. We sing usually one hymn, and we say the pledge. So what what has helped this year is when the teaching starts, when the music ends, you know, we'll usually do uh, the, the, the pledge and then sing a hymn. At the end of the song, we do close the doors, and we're not going to allow the latecomers. It's not that I'm, you know, judging the latecomers. I get that we have mornings. I've had them too. But it's so distracting when people are coming in and out. And if we train to be on time, I, I thought this would be a major issue. And I thought, well, when I shut the doors, I'm going to have, and I had a teacher's aide out there to be with all these kids that I thought she would need to watch. There was. When I closed the doors, they arrived on time. And that told me something. It was not an issue to do that. And nobody was even offended. You know, and, and I explained the why behind, you know, that I really want everyone to be able to think and to focus and without distraction. And so while we're all worshiping and everybody, I usually have them stand, it's not as distracting coming in and out of the room. But the teacher's aide knows that when the teaching starts, that's when I, that's when I close the doors. If you'll look at that piece of paper that you have, it just, it's beautiful and then it really gives the, the home, you know, information on how to extend that learning. On the back page, I gave you a table of contents. This is what I will be teaching this year. The name of this curriculum is Desiring God Ministries. Desiring God Ministries. You can Google it. I've ordered it online. I'm very, uh, children desiring God at the bottom. This year is faithful to all his promises. I'm very, um, fond of this ministry. They do an excellent job at what they do. It is well written. It also gives visual resources, which I need to use more of. We sent out a survey at our school in about, you know, mid-spring asking for feedback from, you know, from families on, on classrooms, but also chapel, athletics, just everything that our school's about. And there, was a, there were a few of elementary chapel that said more visuals would help or more object lessons. And so I did purchase a couple of books that I might can supplement for some more visuals. But the curriculum does come with that. And um, there's simple things or items that you would have easily accessible. It's not that I'm going to have to get my art teacher to make me a whole set, you know, and have this whole ornate thing going on, which I think can be distracting. And we can so focus on the visual that we forget the meat of the lesson. So this company does a good job in keeping that balance in check to me. Um, this year we are going to study the promises of God. My very favorite, though, is the one I did last year, and it was the attributes of God, and it was the ABCs of God, and we spent a whole year. Oh, I love that. I love that so much about God is almighty. You know, he's sovereign. He's perfectly wise. He's just. He's wrathful. He's angry at sin. I mean, they, um, they hear the truth about who God is. And um, I had sweet testimonies of students who, there was one family, they were going through a family crisis. This thing had happened in their life, and it had just turned everything upside down. And this little second grader said her scripture verse and said, Mom, God is perfectly wise and sovereign over our life. He's not surprised by any of it. And his mother was like emailing me saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for chapel because it, she got it. The little girl got it, and often at my house, it's my girls that remind me of truth 
and, and, and keep when I've strayed, when I'm fearful or overwhelmed or something, they'll say something and I'll go, thank you for that. That is true. And so I have had testimonies of it being carried off at home. Yes, sir. They, ABCs is there. They do. And another reason I wanted to share this particular resource with all of you is that it's across grade level. It's not just going to be for kinder or for second or third. So the ABCs of God was, was something that I could easily apply to all of elementary. And so, no, they don't archive them. It's all there. And the ABCs are my favorite because it's, it's who God is for an entire year. Who is God? And then what does that mean to me? They have a, a good amount of application in every lesson and uh, so that you can really bring it home. Another item, another feature to the curriculum that I, I appreciate is that it, it, does, it teaches through the art of questioning. And so I'm forever throwing out questions. And even if you might have a shy one that may not raise their hand, it does cause them to think and evaluate and use those higher level thinking skills. And I do appreciate that. And I can customize it with what I know is going on in my community. So if I'm aware of different things like I shared with you when I know certain families are hurting or I know there's some issues in the classroom, you know, I can address that in the application part as well. And that's where it's my time to refine, encourage and refine. And so I do appreciate that uh, about the curriculum, that it does, it's heavy in application. You have the table of contents of what is uh, this year. I wanted to send home with you the parent copy of the ABCs. This was the letter M for God is merciful. So this is just one example of the attributes of God, and you're welcome to that. That would have been the parent page. I didn't send the parent pages home last year, but I'm going to this year. So what I did send home is, you know, at our school, and my girls went all through elementary at Calvary, and every teacher would assign a scripture verse for my girls. And then we were in a Bible study in Denton that also had scripture memory, and then often at church they would have scripture memory. And so I couldn't keep track of all the scriptures we were reading, and I had them on the refrigerator, but it just really got to be a lot. And I started to realize in my third grade class that there was a problem here because at some point I said to the students, um, you can choose your own scripture verse that you want to memorize for my class for a grade. And um, then at some point they were reciting, and I asked the student why they chose that particular verse, and they said, because I already knew it, and because my mom chose it, and it, it wasn't personal. And I thought, oh, we're missing something here. We're missing this. What I wanted to do this year, and we did, is I tied the scripture memory program of our whole school with the chapel teaching so that the, the teachers were sending home the same verses that I'm speaking about in class and that they are then with the home page, you know, working at home, especially next year as they use that resource. And so I felt like it was more purposeful that they could tie a memory verse to a teaching, to a home time with mom, and then what the teacher is saying in class and that it would be more purposeful and, and God could, that, you know, the Holy Spirit could really take the seed and make it go deep. And so that's what we chose to do this year. Also, I have students that I knew from teaching third grade were completely 
fearful of standing up in front of peers or even in my class of just 20 and saying a scripture verse or a poem or whatever. So then became then became the task of of explaining to them why I wanted them to come up in chapel with a microphone at the front and say their verses that they had memorized that week. And it's really a sweet thing because I'll have a whole line of students and they just share the mic. But but one day I was particularly impacted by it because I have a sweet little girl and um, she's very shy and always has struggled with our, you know, programs where the students get up and even as a class in front of grandparents or parents. And I would often find her in the bathroom just weeping before she had to do anything like that. Well, we went to the part of Moses' life that is such a great example to all of us where he was telling the Lord, there's no way, I cannot do this, I do not have words, I don't speak. And he says, who made your mouth? (laughs) I made your mouth. And so, you know, I tell the students, you know, you can do this. God has called you to do and to be bold and to stand. And so that was probably a year before. and, And here I saw this same sweet little girl coming up. Now she's shaking her hands, her knees, but she stood up there with that microphone and said her verse voluntarily and I thought wow if we hadn't worked through all of that she wouldn't be doing that it's an opportunity for them to have a voice it's an opportunity for them to stand up in front of their moms and their peers and say their verse not for a grade but just because we're going to testify to each other that this is true and that we believe it and that we know it and that we can then say it and so if that is another part of what I do in chapel is that certain, usually once a week, I'll have them volunteer to come up, and that verse that we are working on, now some of them are going to say the verse that they had two weeks ago, that's okay, I'm just thankful they're coming up and speaking the truth about the Lord in a, in a way that everybody can hear them, so uh, I did tie in the scripture memory of our school to the chapel teaching, and this curriculum makes it really easy to do, the verses that we had for the ABCs of God were short verses, but they were mighty. They were small but mighty, and, and the students could memorize those verses, and then that's who God is when I'm scared. That's who God is when I have joy or when I'm, when I'm facing the uncertain or the unknown or when I'm looking ahead or behind. That's who God is. They've got it. So I was really thankful to be able to tie that in, and I felt like our parents weren't so overwhelmed trying to figure, if you have four or five kids in the model, you've got all those different verses going on. So the whole household is on the same verse. I did reward um, with fun things at the end of the year those that m- memorized all the verses. And I, for- well, you can see on the table of contents, there's several. I mean, one a week, and sometimes there were two. So there was a long list of them. And we had it every day. Well, we elementary is Tuesday, Thursday. Yes, ma'am. So we have chapel Tuesday, Thursday. I did have several that memorized all of their verses for the whole year, and um, we gave them a, I gave them a coupon to a local ice cream shop and a certificate so that they could have that. And it was, I thought, how many certificates do I buy? I mean, I wasn't quite sure how many ice cream cones. I bought a few extra and used all of them. I was pretty amazed and encouraged by how many of the students participated in the entire Scripture Memory Program. So, yes, ma'am. We've used character first in the past, 
Um, but we did not use it this year, and, and we've only used it in our youngest of grades. And so I do know they have a Christian version of that and, and looked at it. I can really teach on the character development through chapel. I feel like that's one way that we address the, the character issues of our younger students is through chapel teaching. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I think, I think part of what I was trying to accomplish is that I wanted the focus to be on the Lord. I wanted it to be, who is God? Because if he first loved me, I mean, it was an enemy when he loved me first. And it was the love of God in my life and the grace on my life that motivated me to want to be loving. I felt that it was important that we develop in the younger students a very high view of the Lord God. That if I was able to speak to that truth, that they would then take that into Because God loves me, I can love you. Because God forgave me, I can forgive you. And I can live unoffended because God doesn't keep a record of wrongs. I wanted to focus on who he was first and then go to the character because that's the order that it was in my life. But I feel that the promises of God are going to be a year of encouragement. And that's kind of where the theme there where I am this year is just trying to encourage and lighten the load. You know, as a, as a teacher in the model and, and as a principal, you, you have to kind of afflict the comforted a little bit, and you have to comfort the afflicted. And the tricky thing is figuring out who's who. Because, you know, some just need a little bit of affliction, and, and they need to come about. They need to come about and step it up. And then others are so trying to get every little thing exactly, and they just want to do everything right, and you just need to comfort them. But above all, we need to put God first. Without that, none of us, we can do nothing. I think John Turner and Roxy Turner were saying that they begin every morning in their bathroom with, I, um, I am nothing without God. <laughs> I own nothing. Um, and he is everything. And I, I feel like well, that's a good place to start, that poor spirit every morning. I own nothing and I am nothing and I have nothing without the Lord. So, um, And it's contrary to our culture, is it not, that teaches that the children are everything. I mean, it's truly contrary. I feel like that is a good thing, that we spent a whole year focusing on who God is and not the whole banner of believe in yourself, which you often see in a secular school. You can achieve, believe in yourself. No, I spent a whole year saying believe in the Lord because He's the only one. We are not God. And, and that sounds funny, but I said that several times. We are not a version of a little God. That is not who we are. He is the Lord God. Now, we share some of his attributes, but none of us are sovereign. None of us are almighty, you know. And so it was, it was good. to. I feel like it, it gave them a high view of God, but I feel like it also put them in, the, in their proper place as young people and for adults as well. The parent resource page is really going to help you extend your teaching to the home level. And then the scripture memory program I talked to you about is going to be a blessing not only for your students, but also they go home and say their verses at home. And I encourage, call grandma. if you Because in, in our world today, often families are spread all over the United States, sometimes even international. Call your grandma in Arkansas and say your scripture verse for her. 
And there are members of my family that are not believers. And so that is an opportunity that I've used in my own family to have them call and say their verse for, for their family that may not know the truth. So it's just, it's just endless how this can be a blessing. It really is. But my favorite um, testimony to you this morning would be how the students took the teaching of who God was and then spoke it to their circumstances. In their, and, and even in the classroom, the teachers told me that it was a blessing. Those that were at chapel, all, all my teachers were there as they taught, you know, at the beginning of the day. But they spoke about how it gave them an opportunity to take what was mentioned in chapel, and they used that as their teacher prayer time and devotional in the classroom that day. And they were able to, you know, help the kids focus again on the truth that they just learned that morning. So that meant that the the Word of God that went out in the morning then went out into the homes of the families, the parents who were there, who might have come in trouble. I had more than one time a mom in tears. I don't always know what was hurting. I just know that we're all a hurting people, right? They then went home, and then the students went to their classrooms, and it just went on throughout the day so that I'm still hearing the hymn at Carpool sung that we sang at 8.15. And I felt like, wow. God is honored and glorified in that we are still thinking about the truth that we had this morning. Um, it was truly the, my favorite part of my job last year, um, favorite part of my day. I wanted to also mention to you that we chose we choose to have just a very special couple of times a year. One would be our Christmas chapel. In our Christmas chapel, we extended that time to an hour at least, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. And on that particular day, we um, incorporate, I tried to incorporate all that we had learned in the fall up to Christmas into a Christmas chapel so that it wasn't just about the traditional Christmas songs that you sing, although they're fabulous and we sang some of them. But I really wanted to tie the Christmas message into the whole rest of the year. But that was a time when we had, um, you know, the students come up and as a class and we had the music teacher do her beautiful thing that she does and we... We just infused it with creativity and music and all of it, and they're dressed in their cute. We let them on that day. They wear their uniform bottom, but we let them wear a fun Christmas sweater or something um, for their top, or at least something red and all of that. So that, that's one day that we do it a little bit different, and many of our families come for that. So it is a great opportunity to encourage. It's a great opportunity to speak your school's vision and mission into the teaching when you have all of your people there and grandparents and and all of that. And then Grandparents' Day, which we had last year in the spring. We're going to, I think, move it to fall this year just because of weather and flu season and all that. But Grandparents' Day was a blessing because I got to speak to our grandparents about what is a UMS? What is this about? Why do we do what we do? I know that my parents were not certain of my choice for this type of education. And, and, and they came. My parents were at Grandparents' Day. And it was, it was just such a great opportunity to give testimonies of how the school works and how it produces what it produces. Also, for me to tell them, please encourage and please support your, you know, your children who are now raising children because this is a difficult model and it's a lot of sacrifice. You, know? you are not 
going to meet the school bus with your pearls and your fresh baked cookies because you've been in the dugout with them all day. I mean, you're you're in some time in a, in a battlefield at home trying to win them over. And so it's a sacrifice of financial and just time, which none of us have enough of. And so I used that chapel particularly to speak to the encouragement of my uh, grandparents and the other generations. We had great-grandparents that come. Um, we had an open house that morning, refreshments. Every every room mom kind of brought food, and the grandparents then were allowed to come in the building. It was open house. All of our work is displayed. Go and eat and just visit all the classrooms. And then they came into assembly with me, and the students came a class at a time, and they recited scripture and poems and, and sang. It was beautiful. It was a really sweet day, and God blessed us with he just used that day. You know, there are times when you know and I know that feeling in the spirit when God is so present, and that's what it was that day at our school, and it was truly a beautiful day. And I thought, all the hard work of being an administrator, but I thought, this is really a privilege to be a part of this. <laughs> this is really worth the, the time because of, of all that it did. And several grandparents came up and thanked me and said, we really didn't know what UMS was all about, and and that just happened to be the topic of my of my speech. And the parents were encouraged, and the students were delighted to get up in front of their family and share all that they had learned. And, and of course, the kindergartners, you know, they're just so cute that even if they mess it up, it just makes it even cuter. You know, and the sixth graders were trying not to be self-conscious, and they were trying to be about the Lord, but they were kind of restless, didn't know what to do with their arms at that stage. But it was all beautiful. It was all beautiful. When we have our fine arts show in the spring, um, it's, kind of, it's an extension of chapel, but we really wanted it to be about a worship service and not um, entertainment. And that's what I want for chapel and even Grandparents' Day and Christmas Chapel is that it is a worship service. It is an offering to him. It is not about um, a show or how you know the students performing. I really wanted it to be an extension of who is God and what does that mean to me? And who am I then in light of who is the Lord? And so we were able to do that and just extend that ABCs of God that I told you about all through our chapel. It's just such a wonderful year. Um, I also decided that a great way to start encouraging moms to stay and pray, we, we've had moms in touch and, and, and it's just difficult to have the, to find the time, and they've got little ones, and it just it just wasn't as well attended as I liked. I decided to have it immediately following chapel, so I then stay. The students dismiss, and I then stay in our. Um, it's a small church building that we have our chapel in, and we have a time of prayer while the students then are gone to their classes, and they some have little ones, and they're doing running about and. They've got workbooks. Mom's got activities for them to do or whatever. And it, it was just a, a natural stay and pray because you're already there with your student in chapel dropping them off. And so that, that really seemed to help, you know, motivate moms that are already there to stay and pray. doesn't matter if they have a ball cap on and they're not wearing makeup. We don't care. Come on. We're going to pray. It's not about what. It's not about that. You've got little ones. Still come. And it really became... I often thought, should I be in my office because I've got a to-do list? But no, that prayer time is essential. And it became this beautiful, now we have all developed friendships. 
that outside of school that we are even through the summer saying, I'm missing our prayer time. God did amazing things in all of our lives, and we got a chance to talk about that. And we saw so much answering prayer. For the school, for the needs of the school, I would bring the needs to the group. And every prayer was answered so faithfully. I know that you know God is faithful. I know that God is faithful. But to see it like that, there was no mistaking that God had specifically answered several of our prayers. And then the prayers in our own lives. And also, it it was an opportunity for me to encourage moms as a leader. They really want that. They really want leadership to know what's going on in their life and to encourage. And that was an opportunity for me to get to do that. So we had a mom stay and pray following chapel while they're already on our campus. That seemed to work well for the time. We also prayed not just for our Calvary community, but just our community of Denton, but even broader. I mean, the world. I mean, world events, all that's going on. Then moms would do this natural thing that we do as women, and they would visit after that and go to breakfast. And then it just extended on into fellowship time. And I've had a couple of emails over the summer saying, what, what, you know, can't wait to start the mom's prayer group, you know, after chapel. That seemed to just be such a sweet time for them. I have a resource I will just leave here so that if you are interested, you can come and get this. It is a prayer program. It's not real beautiful because I've had it for many years and somebody copied it for me. It just has some basic things about every day of the month, you know, something that you can pray for as a guide. As a guide. Now, I took this to our first mom's prayer group after chapel thinking this would be good. But I tell you what, we so covered this, but so way more than this. God just sort of took that and went with it, and we were just all about that. But if you have people who are, I just need to focus on what to pray. It's a parent's program, prayer program. And I don't know if I wrote copyright uh, rules there, but somebody copied it for me years ago, and I brought it today. We really didn't have an issue of what to pray. It really wasn't an issue. And a lot of it was praying for those moms to be able to do what they need to do at home. And so that was a blessing. Then, you know, we've had teachers later in the day, teacher workroom, lunchtime, and that's an opportunity to talk about what do you have going on, what can we pray for, what, you know, sometimes we were still talking about something in chapel and how it applies to our lives. So it was just a great way to begin the day and just watch how God wove it into everything else. Um, the, the lessons are set up, this curriculum that I'm sharing with you. Uh, this year is faithful to all his promises. It's set up where it gives you a focus of scripture. It's going to tell you a uh, memory verse. This particular lesson it says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. That's, that's the uh, scripture verse for this one first lesson that I will be teaching next year. It does give me some, as a teacher, it does give me some worship songs that if you can do that and pull those music together, it, the, the songs together, it does give you that. It also will tell you the visual and materials that you need so that it's all there, what you're going to need to get for the lesson. And then the, the preparation part, it tells you how to do that as well. It always has an introduction that really grabs their attention. And they're usually just very applicable to children. I've never had a problem with this curriculum reading it going, that, that's not going to work. It always fits. And then it takes you through the lesson, and I love it because in the application part, 
it's going to do it by asking questions. And it's going to lead them through a discussion so that they're participating even if they're not raising their hand. Everything is laid out very beautifully for you. But this is just a this is just the beginning for you. Because you're going to be studying and praying about it and God's going to take you here and there and you're going to know your community and you're going to know what the needs are and the Holy Spirit's going to lead and guide you. But this is just um, a place to begin and that you're not trying to think about all of it. And from there, the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit does so well and you will be speaking the truth that your people need to hear and it will be a blessing. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, ma'am. It is. I haven't had any doctrinal issues that have been a problem. Um, there was over all the years that I've used this, maybe one time, and I just omitted that one part. If you are studying and preparing something, you'll you'll know. I just am not a piece. I don't know about that. Then you can choose to just leave that out. So. I wanted to do today too is ask I was going to do it at the beginning but I didn't have all of you here then you know how you do it at your school because certainly that then you have all your teachers there which is good and then you have your complete focus of your students it's all about training so you can you can train that up. You can. You can do that. I was amazed. I thought it would be going on all year that I would have all this lateness going on, and it wasn't. Anybody else? Uh, yes. We're just finishing up. Am I late? I thought I had 1030. I'm okay. I thought I had oh, 1015. We are dismissed. Thank you.